Lori Lightfoot just made history, becoming Chicago's first black female mayor. She defeated Tony Preckwinkle 74 to 26% and is now the first openly gay leader of Chicago, the third most populated city in the U.S. I'm chatting with Dick Simpson, a political science professor at the University of Illinois in Chicago. Professor Simpson, thanks for joining us. Glad to be there. So what does Lori Lightfoot's election mean for the future of diversity in politics in Chicago? Well, it's important for Chicago beyond just diversity, uh, but uh, she is the first black uh, woman gay mayor that the city has had. Uh, she uh, ran an exemplary campaign. It was positive and upbeat, uh, and it uh, portrayed her family very well. And so what do we know about her team and the people who worked behind the scenes on her campaign and got her to where she is today? Well, she had a variety of people. She had several experienced strategists. I was part of her strategy team. So was uh, Don Rose, who was a famous uh, political consultant in Chicago. But she had a team of new people, some of whom had come from other campaigns, like the Dan Biss campaign for governor. Uh, it started small, and by the end, it was quite large. It had 12 different offices and uh, a variety of people uh, interns as well as full-time staff members. Most of the staff positions had a couple of people, um, both the head staff member and an assistant uh, who were on payroll. It's a big campaign. It's like running for president in a way, except at a slightly smaller scale. And so can you talk a little bit about her political background and her history? Yes. Uh, so she began um, in public service as an assistant U.S. attorney uh, prosecuting criminals, both white-collar crime and political corruption. Uh, she moved uh, to a regular law firm, one of the big ones, and then uh, at the same time began to do certain key tasks for the city of Chicago. Uh, she was uh, worked uh, uh, at uh, particularly the uh, office. Uh, she worked at the library, but she most importantly worked at the new communication centers or the 911 center uh, and then transitioned to being part of the police investigative unit and finally was chief of the police board uh, head of the police board in chicago so she worked in a couple of different city governments in a couple of key capacities usually being brought in uh, to solve problems with uh, departments or agencies and so can you speak to how that experience prepared her to be mayor? Well, um, what prepared her most, I think, was uh, her work in the law and her work on police reform. Uh, I think those two, she is primarily responsible for the report that led to the consent decree here to solve the problems of Chicago policing. So um, she's seen government to some extent from the inside. She's not held elected office before. And so uh, she will have to transition. She's used to being in a kind of executive position. She's also counseled uh, as, a, as a lawyer, corporations going through various crises and handled lawsuits uh, involving companies uh, worth billions of dollars. And so how did issues like gun reform and dealing with the Jesse Smollett case play into this election, do you feel? Well, uh, early on, she was uh, part. She went to demonstrations uh, related to uh, gun violence and met with the mothers of, of various uh, victims of gun violence whose sons had been killed and, uh, in some cases, daughters killed in 
uh, violence on Chicago streets. So that was an important uh, issue to her in the campaign, and I think that transmitted uh, very well because that's one of the chief concerns of Chicagoans these days. And how about with the Jesse Smollett case? How did her campaign tie into that issue, which was very big for the city of Chicago? Yeah, that came very late in the campaign. She was already winning by that point, uh, but it did. uh, Her opponent, Tony Preckwinkle, is head of the county board. It's uh, her protege, who's state's attorney, who handled the, uh, in that office, handled the Smollett case. And uh, so Lori could be critical of what the state's attorney did, and uh, Preckwinkle couldn't. And so how do you feel like Lori's campaign was different from Preckwinkle's? What do you think set her apart? So there were two uh, framings uh, that were at war beyond just the individual events or the individual talks or debates. Uh, Tony Preckwinkle tried to frame the election as experience in government. Uh, she has been alderman. She's been county board president. Uh, so she's been in government 30 years uh, and brings that experience to the office. And so she was trying to say, well, we need somebody who really is experienced as I am in government. And But uh, the, in case of Lori Lightfoot, she was framing the campaign, much like Barack Obama's hope and change kind of uh, notion, Uh, She was about reform, about changing the status quo, about uh, resetting the the situation in Chicago. And that frame was the one that was adopted because we had three corruption scandals break during the election. And that caused the voters to be very concerned about the question of reform, change, and a new beginning. And so what do you think the transition will be like shifting from Rahm Emanuel to Lori Lightfoot? Do you think it'll be seamless or more sticky? Well, Rahm Emanuel has pledged to make this a a very good hands-off. He's had experience uh, with the President of the United States twice uh, in uh, transition teams. Um, His staff and the Lightfoot staff have already met this morning uh, to try and lay out the parameters of how the transition will work. He's already sent uh, questionnaires to his department heads to provide information to the Lightfoot campaign. Uh, So I think the transition uh, in that sense will be very smooth. That is, it'll be cooperative between the Emanuel administration and the incoming Lightfoot administration. Uh, Getting the government up and running, however, is a different matter. Um, There are 50 aldermen, um, and Lori Lightfoot has to get a majority to support her programs. Uh, she has to make appointments to at least 742 key positions that are uh, exempt from patronage, um, mostly department heads and the like. Uh, this is a big task, and there's only 45 days until she takes office. She takes office first. Uh, she's sworn in on May 20th, but uh, she has to begin governing on May 21st. Uh, There is no gap once she's sworn into office. And so what do you think the city is expecting from her now that she's been elected, and what do you think she'll focus on first? There are four main issues. Uh, First is police and crime. Uh, Second are schools, improving the schools, and uh, heading off a potential teacher strike uh, before the uh, classes begin again in the fall. Uh, Third is finances. We are facing uh, a $500 million gap in a $10 billion budget, operating budget. Uh, 
uh, because of the need to pay more for pensions and a shortfall in this year's budget. Uh, and last of all is the one of the signature issues of corruption. Uh, we need to uh, make further changes. There have been talks about term limits for mayor and aldermen, uh, limiting aldermanic privilege on uh, zoning and building changes and uh, other methods of rooting out the corruption in City Hall. We are the most corrupt city in the United States, uh, and we're the third most corrupt state in the United States. And so that's, you know, that's a big burden, but you're saying you think, you know, she'll take it on with a lot of confidence. What is she doing now to prepare herself for May? Well, the campaign has been a good preparation because all the issues have been laid out. She has a very large platform uh, that's set out on her campaign webpage um, that has already been worked through. So she has, you know, nearly 100 items uh, that she would like to manage to enact. And uh, usually, it doesn't always hold true, but usually the first 100 days are key to that. Uh, because you have to act rapidly while you still have a majority before some of the consequences of those actions set in and people start opposing, uh, particularly in the city council and in other units of government. Uh, she's lucky she has a Democratic governor now, not a re the Republican governor we've had in the past. Um, the uh, state budget is changing to be a little more favorable uh, to local government and cities. But it, uh, it is still a major task, and it is uh, one that has to get underway quickly and has to be successful early on if she's to achieve all that she wants to achieve and all that Chicago wants her to accomplish in her mayorality. Great. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us, Professor Simpson. Glad to do so. Thank you. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and if you like listening to us, please head over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm Alexis Benvenisti. You can follow me on Twitter at APBenven, and you can get all of your latest TikTok updates 24-7 on Twitter.